I just got this picture of a heart and it was just really flaky, like so dry. Just, it was kind of crusty almost looking. And I was just kind of like, why are you showing me a picture of this heart? It's, it was just sort of dryish. But then I, I saw something, it was kind of like wind. And when the wind hit this heart, it was like a little piece, a little flake came off of it. And underneath, I could just see beauty and almost like what you, you, your real heart looks like, kind of gushy and soft and, and moving and life-filled. And I felt, I, I just felt like the Lord said, there, there's some in here that when you just look at the outside of your heart, man, you just think it is dry. It just looks so flaky and it's just, it's just dry. I just don't know what to do. And you've been crying out to the Lord, man, I'm in this dry place. What am I, what I, I need life. I need moisture. I need these things. But what I felt like the Lord wanted to really release to you today is that he, he really has done those things. That your dryness is only, only a flaky layer across your beautiful heart that is so full of life and power and moisture and movement. That the depth of the dryness, it's not like you're dry to the bone. That there's really just, just a little flakiness. So it looks really dry, but underneath there's really so much life and God has been doing what you've been crying out for him to do. And so I asked the Lord, so, so what is this? What, what's going to blow this thing away? And he said, Ashley, what you're seeing is my breath. The very breath of God to breathe over your heart. Like he would just blow all of that away. And so if, if that's you this morning, I, I just feel something stirring, stirring in me. I just really, I want to pray for you. So if that's you, if you just put your hand over your heart, you don't have to, we don't have to do a big response, but just put your hand over your heart and I'm just going to pray. And I just really feel like the Lord is saying he's going to release something amazing in you that the work is already being done. The life and the moisture and all of those things are just under the surface. They're there. So father, thank you for releasing your power breath of God come breathe on us blow away all the crust all the flakes all that's left of dryness and weariness father let us see that glimpse underneath it as as those scales begin to fall off that you really have been there that see you're already doing a new thing you've already started you've already started it it's there there's life, there's rivers, there's flowing, there's revelation. It's all there. It's just right under the surface. See, he's already begun. 
Father, thank you for releasing your spirit to our hearts in such a sweet and gentle and special way. I pray for refreshment to overwhelm us this morning. That as you as you blow all that stuff away with your very breath, that we would feel the newness. That it would be a tangible feeling in our hearts, in our bodies, in our spirits, that we would feel revived. That our hearts would be able to function at their fullest without any covering on them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that it's done. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can you can be seated for just a few minutes. Man, God is uh, God is good. His presence is here strong. Anybody just feel like the, the Lord just really ministered to them just now? Um, who who did the Lord ministered to? You can just you don't have to just yeah. God's doing some stuff. Thank you, my dear. Thank you, worship team. Well, God's not done yet, I can tell you that, because uh, I believe that um, God's going to minister some more to us through the message today. Sometimes messages are challenges, sometimes they're encouragements, but today we're going to kind of focus in on uh, another point of healing. Uh, it's kind of our uh, heart healing series or something, or heart freedom series. I, it wasn't planned, it's just kind of a, a God thing. Uh, several weeks ago, uh, the last sermon that our... Missions and youth pastor, Pastor Gary, whom, if you're a guest, you saw, that's who we saw in the pictures. Uh, we just sent him off a, a few weeks ago. He preached on fear and freedom from fear, basically overcoming fear, breaking off, uh, cutting out the, the weeds of fear and letting them get out of your life. Um, a few weeks after that, um, we, we talked about shame and having God release uh, shame from your past and things that happened to you or things that you did that brought shame on you. Um, last week, uh, or two weeks ago, last week we had uh, Dennis uh, Pendergast encourage us in missions. Um, and a couple weeks ago we talked about betrayal. Um, and w- when you're betrayed in relationships and in life, and uh, just uh, focusing on how Jesus experienced that himself uh, with Judas. And so he knows where you're at, and he knows how to overcome that. Uh, today we're going to focus in on something else. So open your Bibles to Psalm, quickly to Psalm uh, 27, verse 10. First of all, Psalm 27, verse 10. 27:10 in the book of Psalms. And before we read that, I'm just going to pray. Father, I just thank you right now that uh, your presence is already here. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so right now, Lord, even before I speak, Lord, I declare that there is liberty and freedom coming in lives this morning, Father. We, we uh, close the mouth of every voice, of any demonic voice that would speak to us anything or hinder us from receiving what you have for us this morning, God. We, we declare that those voices are silenced. They have no power. In the name of Jesus, be quiet. 
You do not have control over anyone in this room. In Jesus' name, I declare that, Lord. And we release your fullness. Open our hearts, God. Open our spirits to the word of God as we read it and as we, as we hear from you, Lord. Everything from, that I say that's from you, God, let it go deep in our hearts, Lord. Anything I say that's maybe just from me, Father, we just pray that it would just wash over our minds and go out the other side and we'll never remember it. Father, we thank you for your anointing here in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 27.10 says this, Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Now this, this psalm is, this just came to me, so this is on the fly already here. Um, this psalm was written by David. And uh, King, you know, who eventually became King David, um, I didn't check on see when he did this one. I don't know if we know. But um, it is thought by many people that David was kind of the outcast of the children. You know, when, the, when Samuel came to anoint um, the new king, and he came to Jesse, and Jesse had eight sons, but he brought seven to the feast. Because David's no big deal. He's just out keeping the sheep. He's the youngest one. So Samuel says, bring your sons. And so Samuel, if you remember the story of 1 Samuel 16, uh, if you don't, I'm telling it to you. Quickly, he comes to each son. And the first one is like the big, strong, good-looking one. And God says to Samuel, I know he looks great on the outside, but I look on the inside. I, I don't, we're not choosing that guy. And then he goes all through the seven. And so Samuel's like, do you have any other kids? Do you have any, is there anybody else? I mean, did I miss it? Am I missing God here? He says, no, there's, there's the youngest one. David out in the field. And so they finally send for David. They all wait. And then Samuel dumps the anointing oil, the flask over his head, and he anoints him. And uh, he later becomes, you know, basically the person through whom his line, Jesus, comes. And so when David writes these words, it's very, very likely that, that David walked, uh, David experienced some deep rejection from his parents. And so this scripture is very personal to him when he says, though my father and mother forsake me, it seems like he may have been an illegitimate child or he was just, you know, whatever the, the deal was, he wasn't considered good enough to even be invited to the, to the dinner with the special prophet, man. You, you know, the prophet says, bring your whole family, and David doesn't even get, get joined in. So he may have been experiencing something. But in the midst of this, David says, look, I've found something greater than what's been given to me on earth. Even though I might be forsaken by my mother and father, the Lord will receive me. And so today, what we're going to talk, we're going to be talking about rejection. And I know it's just so thrilling to, to talk about these bad things, um, but we're t- we're talking about them to allow the Lord to bring healing in our lives. One of the most devastating forces that is used in our sinful world by just people and by the devil is to the op- the uh, the weapon of rejection. And it can come in many forms and in many ways. Uh, most of the time, uh, it comes from somebody close to you For, and, and, and wounds you. Everyone's going to get rejected. Jesus said, hey, look, you're going to go out and preach my gospel and people are going to reject you. Uh, but that doesn't, to me, that's, I mean, that can be hard, but that doesn't personally hurt me in my heart. Now, is somebody close to me? who I have opened myself up to and I have trusted brings a wound like that, brings a, some, some, something against me, then I am vulnerable and I might be wounded on the inside because of that rejection. 
And so what rejection does is it stops us from moving forward. I have a little illustration here. And uh, I need a volunteer. Come on up. Okay, Carrie. All right. How many think that Carrie can block my shot? Okay, well, I'm just going to have a little fun first. We're just going to see if you can do it. So, that's good. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's just say that was a swish, okay? <laughs> that went right in the basket. See, he was not able to stop me from doing to getting to my goal. Now, this time you blocked me, okay? But re- what rejection does... <laughs> I'm not going to jump. He does this like three times a week is what he's not telling you. I haven't played basketball in a while. What rejection does, pack me, man. Just stop. (laughs) 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 All right. Good good job. Thank you. In basketball... Some announcers say, rejected, when there's a blocked shot. If you've ever watched basketball, I don't even watch basketball hardly anymore. But um, when you go up for a shot and the other person stops you from going and making what you need to do. And so that's that's just a real simple picture. But that is what happens when rejection enters our life and wounds us is it stops us from moving forward. You know what happens? When I was playing basketball uh, a few years ago, I'd play every, every day at lunch, or not every day, every Monday at lunch with some uh, random guys at First Presbyterian Church. There was this, I'm going to use this term and don't be offended, there was this old dude. <laughs> okay? You can define what I thought an old dude was in your mind and say, that's not me. If, if, you know, if you don't think you're the old dude. Anyway, this guy was, and all, he just looked at, maybe he wasn't that old, okay? But he was bald and his hair was all white, okay? <laughs> so, I'm not, I'm not picking on bald people. I'm not picking on white hair, okay? Okay, so, anyway, you know, I'm... I'm like, this is several years ago, so I'm only like 33. So I'm thinking, I can take this guy. So I'd go up every time, and I'd jump up. And I'm a pretty good jumper. Some of you have noticed that. Um, decent. White men can't. Some white men can jump. And this dude is, is way above me. And I'm like, how is that dude even jumping and not like, you know, collapsing on the ground, you know? And he goes up, and I'm in the air. I'm hanging. You know, I'm still going up. I'm probably about, you know, this high right here. Yeah. I'm like this high. But you know what? He's higher. And he's got long arms. And he just goes. <laughs> you know what happens when, when rejection comes is, is if it happens over and over again. I don't even bother to shoot anymore when that guy's around me. So the old dude. I just passed the ball. I don't even try to drive on him. Drive means to dribble the ball towards the basket if you're not a basketball player. 
because I've been rejected so many times, then I don't even try to get to the goal. I don't even try to get where I'm going anymore. I stop and I give up. So today we're going to ask the Lord to begin healing some wounds of rejection. And you may say, man, I'm good. That's great. If you are good, praise the Lord. Um, And the job of of you this morning is just to listen to the Holy Spirit. This is not something where you have to go find something in our lives. Okay, we're not digging something up that's not there. We're just allowing the Holy Spirit to shine his light and say, hey, here's something that needs healing in your heart. Because whenever God brings something to light, it's so he can bring freedom and healing. It's not to shame us. It's not to condemn us. It's not to say, hey, how come you're still in that place? No, it's to bring healing. It's to bring you out of that place. And so there's, there's many ways that we can experience rejection that wounds us. And the, mo- the strongest way, of course, is the parent to the child. Some children, even when they're in the womb, are unwanted. You know what? And their spirit picks that up. They can, they can sense that the parents, and you know, it may not even be, it may even be well-intentioned parents. We're not just talking about people who don't want kids and have, get pregnant and then they're just angry that that happens. And, um, you know, a lot of times rejection of a child ends in death of the child before they're even born. Abortion. But many times the child, it's even well-intentioned parents, you know, it's an inconvenient time, you're older. You know, it's like if I had a child in 10 years, you know. I'm be 46, and Ashley would be a lot younger than that, 30, whatever, 37, okay? You know, and there's an opportunity there even for, um, you know, well-intentioned, loving parents. Oh, man, how'd that happen? Oh, no. <laughs> and then, you know, maybe it, it kind of inconveniences your life. I mean, I understand this is this is wrong thinking, but... You see how easy it is to fall into this. And then there's just this resentment of this child. And the child picks up on it. Whether it's spoken or not, there's, there's been some rejection that has been pushed on them even while they're in the womb. Many times it happens after we're born. You know, it's like you try to do something and your parents, you know, whether they're well-intentioned or not. I mean, uh, I believe all, most parents are, are well-intentioned. Even if they screw up, you know what, we're all trying our best. But sometimes it's still, you know, we're all messed up, so we mess up other people unintentionally and things come into our lives where our parent says something or shuts us down or you know shoves us away in our in their relationship uh, probably because they had it happen to them and so we experience the, the the pain of rejection it happened with spouses divorce man divorce is a big giant rejection i mean that's all that is is basically two people who come together as one and then then there's there's a separation and I'm not saying for you to start feeling guilty. I know several of you have been divorced and you've walked through that healing process. And I pray that the Lord continues to walk you through that if he needs to. But there's a, there's a rejection going on there. Sometimes marriages stay together, but there's a big rejection. You know, the, the husband can say something about the wife, the way she looks. Or, can, uh, or the, the wife can, you know, kind of disrespect the man so much that it's almost like she's pushing him away and rejects him and rejects his 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 love i mean there's many ways that we experience this you know siblings you know your brothers and sisters you know you're the little brother i'm not so i'm the big brother but um the little brother and and the big brother you know just kind of pours out all this condemnation all this junk on him 
uh, close friends, if you've ever had a friend, you know, just kind of leave you for somebody, you know, basically ditch you. Like in high school, that happens a lot. And you're like, man, I have to bring up stuff in high school. Well, maybe if there needs to be healing, I had something come up from high school a couple weeks ago, just like I shared at camp. You know, God brings stuff up and says, hey, you need healing on that. And don't, don't you think that uh, me preparing this message all several weeks now, God's been working on my heart and saying, hey, let's, let's take care of this. Let's, let's move on this. It doesn't have to be a big deal. But let the Holy Spirit enlighten those things. Anytime you're, you know, some, there's, a, there's a painful experience where you're left alone, there's, there's rejection, abandonment. Anytime a, a child is abandoned in any way, you can experience the wound of rejection. You know, a lot of times adopted kids have a very hard time and they don't even know why. It's because for one reason or another, their parents didn't want them. And maybe they couldn't take care of them. It, was, it may have been totally well-intentioned, but the child can begin to, to sense that and, and knows. And, you know, have you ever had a kid that finds out when they're like 25 that they were adopted? And it's like, and it's a big deal. You know why? Because they've experienced, they, they have knowledge now that their parent gave them away. And that's a tough deal. That's a tough deal. Abuse, any type, of, any type of abuse will bring this on. Will someone say anything about that? Children in the room. Um, sometimes even something simple like, like a loss of a job. Have you ever seen some, when, someone when you like, lose your job and then they, just, they don't even want to try to get another job? They're just so, they've been torn down so much by that. And so there's a wound there. Sometimes in a church setting, brothers and sisters or a pastor or a leader, you know, does something and it brings pain to us. There's a pain of rejection. This church, uh, this church has walked through that. I think what happens when, um, and this has been years ago, obviously, if you're a guest, this has been, this has been years ago. But there's been several times, in, there's been very painful times in this church where whole groups of people just left. And you know what? The faithful people here are like, what, what's wrong with us that you're leaving us? You know, and there's a, I've seen that the Lord has had to bring healing for, for those who have been here for 15, 20 years and have walked through those things long ago where God has to, to, has to bring healing. And see, what happens is when, when rejection wounds us, is it's an attack, first of all, on our God-given identity. Basically, rejection comes to stop you from being who you're supposed to be. It wants to beat you down and make sure that you never go for the basket again. Maybe you don't even want to get in the game. Say, forget it. I'm not even, I'm not even going to go there anymore. So it attacks the fundamental element of who you are created to be. And I understand this is a this is a little bit different message, maybe. This is kind of a an inner healing. And so I, I'm giving examples to let the Holy Spirit speak. But He can bring up something. Um, I'll, t- I'll, I'll share you one this, that, that the Lord did with me this, uh, last night as I was taking a shower. Um, is he brought up a relationship where, and, and obviously I share these, these there's, only, there's, uh, there's three girls I thought I was going to marry before I met Ashley. 
Okay, I mean, you know, you're a young man and you're like, you're wanting to get married. So, you know, I told you about the one a couple weeks ago. I won't repeat all the stories. There's another one. And then there's a third one. And right up front, she said, I'm not going to marry you. But we entered a relationship anyway and ended up turning out real bad. We'll just say that. But the Lord said, look, you need to, there's, there's some hurt from that rejection. That basically, even before you entered this relationship, the person was rejecting you. And so I just forgave them. First key is always forgive the person. And then I ask God to, to he- bring healing in my heart. Was it a big, huge, giant? No, it wasn't. If it is, great. Hey, that's fine. Just whatever God wants to do. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be made up one way or the other. It doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be a certain way. But, but it does have to let the Holy Spirit lead you. Because the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. Jesus promises that, that he's the one, he's, he's the director of this. So when the Holy Spirit brings up to you, but know that rejection is ultimately an attack on your identity and wants to stop you from being who you're called to be, from who you're made to be. And you'll see that in people, um, you know, where they, they, you don't want to open up your relationships to one another because you know what? I've been hurt once. I've been turned away once again. Why am I going to open myself up again? Sometimes those of us that have been married and then get married again, you know, we, we keep, we don't open the, open the inner sanctum of our relationship because we're just in case we get hurt. Just in case this doesn't go right. Just in case I get rejected again. You know, Isaiah 53, 3, shoot that on the screen. I want you to know, first of all, that Jesus bore our rejection on the cross. See, every single thing that we, every bad, junky thing that can happen in our life, every sinful thing, every hurtful thing that can happen, Jesus paid for it on the cross. It says he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. Go ahead and switch it. He was despised and we esteemed him not. John 1.11 it says that Jesus, when he came to earth, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. What happens when you don't receive someone? You reject them. So ultimately, God, I mean, think about this. God, you know, came to his own people, the ones he, he loved, the ones he had called, the ones he had poured everything into. And when he got there, when he showed up, they said, no, we don't want you. We don't want anything from you. We don't want anything about you. And ultimately, they were rejecting Jesus as a Messiah, His God-given identity, who He was called to be, who He was destined to be from all creation, from before time. But Jesus took that on the cross. It says He was despised and rejected, and all those things went with Jesus on the cross. So that what? So that we could be accepted. There's been a song that's been, I've just been running it through my mind. You probably don't know it. It's by a a group called the Garmo and Key. (laughs) And my wife groans because it's an 80s Christian rock band. Okay? And it's not a rock song, though. It's a real quiet, it's like a radio. It's like, you know, in the 80s, the, the, and they, they they're not, I mean, when I say rock, I'm talking like, I mean, it's like the country now. I mean, it's very, you know, it's hardly rock at all. But, um, but it's this song. It's just a beautiful song with a piano. And 
And it just says, I'm accepted. I'm accepted. I'm accepted by the one who matters most. You know what? The only way for us to be healed from these wounds is in Jesus. And the answer is in the acceptance of Jesus with his arms spread wide on the cross to say, hey, I paid the price. I paid for your healing. Jesus paid for our healing physically, spiritually, and emotionally. What happens? The fruit of rejection. And I've mentioned this real quick uh, already briefly, but... Uh, rejection attempts to close off key relationships from intimacy. This is fear of rejection. Basically, this is the result of things that happen to us. Many times what it does is then we're afraid that that's going to happen again. So I close myself off. Whatever relationship that is. It could be, you know, with your... If you're a guy, it could be something that happens between you and your mom and where she just says you know whatever happens it's hurtful it's it's, it it feels like rejection it feels like she's pushing you away then when you get married you have to decide hey i'm going to open myself up and trust a woman again and then so because of the the past hasn't been healed and dealt with then my present is not now as fruitful and as close as it could be because rejection is stopping me from relating to my new spouse The other result that sometimes happens, besides being angry and hurt and maybe bitter and all those things that happen anytime we're hurt, could be self-rejection. In other words, instead of, uh, you know, you're closed off, but you also say, I don't don't like me. You know, and that can be manifest in many ways. That could be manifest in uh, cutting. Be manifest in, in extreme piercings and stuff. And I'm not saying everybody that gets pierced is dealing with rejection. I'm just saying sometimes these things are true. Where someone tries to mar who they are because they've rejected themselves. It happens many times most, more with ladies, you know, with eating disorders. Because you, you reject who you are, what you look like, what, what you're made. You know, and ultimately we're rejecting God who made us. You know, we're saying, hey God, you messed up. Look at me. And there can be a, a self-rejection that happens that then we, begin to, then we begin to harm ourselves because we've been harmed. And a response can happen. It can happen with sexual identity. Uh, many times we're hurt, we're rejected. And so then it makes me question, well, maybe I'm, I know I look like a man, but maybe, you know, uh, maybe I'm supposed to like men too. Or vice versa, other ways. I'm not, it's not saying this is, the answer to every single thing, time that happens with homosexuality? No. I'm saying that's a possible form of self-rejection to reject your sexual identity. And I, trust me, I understand. I know we're, we're dealing with some deep stuff here today. That's why we invited the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And we don't have to be nervous because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. And so the answer and the freedom from all these things that try to come into our lives and control us and stop us from getting where God has called us to be and being who God has made us to be, to get to the goal, to get to the basket, to move forward in life, 
to have close relationships like we're meant to be where there's no fear and there's no shame and there's no rejection where I can relate and be open and I'm not afraid that I'm going to get hurt back. Hey, that's what it's supposed to look like for believers in our marriage relationships, in our relationships with one another. And again, we use wisdom. It doesn't mean I just lay myself out for anybody. But it's a relationship where we can build trust and say, I'm going to be so open with someone and be so close with, with my wife that, that there's nothing between us. There's nothing that, that's you know, separating us. We have intimacy. I can see into you and you can see into me. Am I there yet? I don't think so. I think God's still working on me. I've only been married. Now you thought I forgot. Eight years. Eight years in May. And it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter how long you've been married. God still is working on us. And the other thing to realize is that this is a part of the discipleship and sanctification process. God walks us through healing in this life day by day. I wish that when we got saved, everything totally went away. A lot of times when we get saved, when we give our hearts to Jesus for the first time, man, there's a lot that happens, boom, instantly. And then there are some hidden things that he has to bring up and say, hey, time to deal with this now. And we have a choice. I can forgive, which, and if, you can just, if we can just learn to forgive, you can find freedom in almost every area of your life. Because just about everything, whether it's, uh, is, it's, it's somebody else did something, or you have to forgive yourself for what you did. Or in some ways you forgive God. I, there's no, I, you understand what I'm saying when you say you can't really forgive God because he doesn't do anything wrong. But you think he did something wrong. So you just have to say, God, no, I release, I release that to you. For some of us it's saying, man, God, I'm, I'm special. Thank you for making me like I am. And it may be that God has to show you who you are. He says, that's awesome. I'm going to reveal and I'm going to uncover the beauty of who I've made you to be, the amazing man of God or woman of God that I've made you to be, that I've called you to be, that I, that I have destined for you to be. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. I'm going to find here two powerful, two powerful scriptures. That I believe enlighten us in the freedom we have in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 verse 15 says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, or some of your Bibles will say adoption. And by him, because the Holy Spirit's a he, by him we cry, Abba, Father. You see... Carrie, thank you for being vulnerable today and sharing. Where you said, I, feel, I felt all alone. A lot of times that could be a sign. I'm not saying this for Carrie either. And he's been, you know, God's been working through that and taught, brought you to a new place. But if that's the case, a lot of times that, the source of that might be somewhat, some kind of rejection in your life. And then so you feel like, what that makes you feel like is, I'm all alone. And so... You know, when you're all alone, when you, you can be sitting in your family and feel like no one loves you. 
You know, that can happen to you. You can be in a relationship with your spouse and it's kind of like you're, you're there by yourself and they're not there with you. You're just all alone. And so that's one of the most powerful things is to understand that, that Jesus is there. That God has, is there by His Spirit. And that's why when we become a believer in Jesus, the Holy Spirit rushes into our hearts and we're adopted. We're, we're brought into the family of God. It's such a powerful thing because it's a family where you will never feel rejection from your Father in heaven. And see, some of us, we have even a hard time relating to God as Father because of our earthly father. Or we have a hard time relating to Jesus because of things that have been done to us by our friends or our brothers and sisters, those with us. Or we've been wounded by our mother and so we can't receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's the nurturer. He's the comforter. He's the one that cares. You know God's not a dude, right? God's not a man. It says God in himself is God and in his nature, his likeness, he created male and female. And I'm not saying the Holy Spirit's a woman either. I'm just saying that, that the characteristics of God, God himself is not human. He's God. But he displays all of these characteristics. And sometimes you can have a clue as to where is my place of pain here is by, hey, are you good with God the Father? Can you call him Daddy God and it's no big deal? You don't have a, a picture in your mind that's, that makes you want to, wait a second, I don't know if I want to go there. Are you resistant to the Holy Spirit? Well, I don't want all that stuff because, you know. Are you good with Jesus? It says we've been made, you know, we've become his brothers. He's pleased to call us brothers in Hebrews 2. Galatians 4. Here's another, here's another great one. Man, we've been adopted. If we're a believer, it says we've been adopted into the family and it's by that spirit we call Abba Father. We'll talk about that in a second. Galatians 4 and verse 4. If you want to turn there, Galatians 4, 4. But when the time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. And if you need to throw in daughters there for you, it's talking about all of us. Sons and daughters. Because you are sons... God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son and a daughter. And since you are a son or a daughter, God has made you also an heir. You know the word Abba there? That is the the most intimate term for Father. It's an Aramaic word. Jesus used it in in Mark chapter 16 when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane where he came and and he said, Abba, Father, is there any way this cup can pass from me? In other words, is this the only way, Daddy? And many people believe that Jesus probably used that all the time referring to God as his Father. In other words, there was a, a childlike love and trust of his father. And that's basically what it means that God has allowed us to experience that same closeness with him because he sent the spirit of his son, the holy spirit who causes us to call out Abba, Father. Abba just is like is like maybe daddy. 
in our time. You know, whatever the most tender term for a little child to call their dad. That's what Abba is. And some of us don't know what it's like to experience God on that close of a level. Because it's when you experience God and you have that relationship with God where you can call him whatever that term is for you. You could use Abba. You could use Daddy. You could use Papa God. You could, whatever, you could use your, my Father. Whatever is close and intimate to you. You know, I, I still call my dad, Daddy. You know, I was in seventh grade. It was kind of a problem. <laughs> no, that's a good way to get made fun of. <laughs> Ninth grade, just don't bring anybody over to the house, you know. <laughs> you're going to refer to your dad just you hey <laughs> but you know in some ways i'm thankful my son already calls me dad already so he's moved on at three or he called me daddy too but he doesn't care so but it's because i was blessed with a good relationship with my dad where he's still my daddy and so when i come to the lord if I want to come to him, you know, just like a little child, I can say, Daddy God, I love you. And it's in that moment when we're close with God, when we're overwhelmed with the acceptance of God, where God says, I love you, I love you, I, I, I'm accepting you. I mean, that's really the, what God is calling out to the world. Hey, I love you. If you'll just receive me, if you'll just trust me, let me let me hold you, let me welcome you in, let me clean you up, let me forgive your sins, let me let me bring you into my family. That's where the the place where ultimately we find freedom from the wounds of rejection is to say, I'm accepted, I'm loved. Man, we're meant to have a close relationship with God. It's not meant to just be like a show up on Sunday or show up on one day and we kind of sing a few songs and he's kind of out there. No, you're meant to have an intimate, close relationship with God. And then he's able to define who you are. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to make it up. You don't have to be somebody else. And he'll break off. He'll begin to wipe away the things. Hey, this, this isn't really you. Let me, let me take care of that. Let me move that out of your life. Let's shine the light on that right here. Let's, let's heal that right now. Oh, that's, that's a little bit. It's been distorted. It's been perverted. It's been, it's been transformed into something it wasn't meant to be. Let me, let me make you back how you're supposed to be. And so the only answer to freedom from these things is the acceptance of the Lord and that the Holy Spirit rushes in and allows you to cry, Daddy, God, Abba, Father, I love you. So what I want us to do is is we're going to do two things here in responding to the Lord this morning. Is number one, I I want to play a song over you. And this is a... This is a song by our, our good friend Preston McReynolds. It's called I Belong to You. And it's just a song about um, 
God's love and acceptance for a life, you know, that I belong to you, my Abba, my Daddy God. So I'm going to pray, and I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit. And if He hasn't already brought something up, just allow Him to minister to you, allow Him to speak to you, allow Him to, maybe He just ministers to you during the song and does something. And after we're done singing, I'm just going to invite, I'm just going to invite us to respond and come forward and stand, and we're just going to pray and believe that God's going to, going to begin some healing. I don't, you know, God may do a ton today, He may do a little. But allow Him to do whatever He wants to do. It may just be the start of a process. That's okay. It doesn't have to all be taken care of in a 5, 10, 20 minute altar time. Look, it's a relationship with God. It's daily. He'll be working on it tomorrow. He'll be bringing healing and freedom tomorrow. So let me pray and then we'll start that song. Father, I just thank You right now that Your presence is still here. That God, You are with us. And I thank You, Lord, that You have set us free. That we are no longer slaves. But we are the children of God, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that you have called us out of darkness into light. That you have called us into a close relationship with you where we can be loved and accepted. And where we can be freed and changed and transformed the way we were meant to be. And the shackles and the, and the pain of rejection can be broken off of our lives right now in Jesus' name. So Holy Spirit, come and bring your freedom. Lord, shine the light where there needs to be light. Lord, encourage where there needs to be encouraged. Lord, bring, bring up where those things that have been hidden and that we don't even may not even know about are there, Father, but so that you can bring healing. We invite you, Lord, to speak to us right now, to minister your love and your grace to us. In Jesus' name. If you feel like you need special prayer for this, I'm, we're going to have a, have a time of, of coming forward. So if you feel like the Holy Spirit said, hey, he brought something up and says, we need, we need to take care of this today. We need to bring healing today. And I just want you to come forward and stand up here. Just stand right up here in a row. I want you to come up. Songs of grace and songs of worship. Thank you, Lord. Are the only anthem that I bring. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Come on, come on up. Don't. To this place. Nobody else is really looking around there. Where you're looking at them. So. Where my Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Is written by Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord. And to this king I abandon All this world says I am Thank you, Father For through this king I am fastened To his love and to his life and to his hand Father, we just thank you right now for the ministry of your spirit. 
upon these ones. Lord, we thank you for, Lord, your acceptance, Father. Breaking off rejection. In Jesus' name. But we choose to forgive. We choose to forgive those who've hurt us, Lord, whether it was intentional or not, it hurt us, Lord. And we choose to forgive them right now. We choose to forgive right now. We forgive them. Forgive them for hurting, leaving us. In Jesus' name, Lord, we we release them to you. We thank you that the blood of Jesus, the cross of Jesus, is greater than the hurt that was that was brought on us, Lord, that you were hurt so that we could be healed. We thank you, God, for your healing being released, Lord. We thank you for the acceptance of God, the Father, wrapping his arms around each and every one of us, Lord. Lord, we choose to, we choose to receive that embrace this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your presence, Holy Spirit. Is anybody here that has never given their heart to Jesus? Ronnie, could you just kind of stand in the back there? If, uh, if you've never given your life to Jesus and you'd, you'd like to this morning, you can go see Ronnie uh, here at some point. Uh, just, just slip out of your seat and go see him. But it's, it's, this is the first step to, to this life of acceptance and freedom and love and uh, forgiveness in life. And all you have to do is receive Jesus, to trust him that he died for you, that when Jesus died on the cross, he died for your sins, and he took your, he took your place on the cross so that you could live. He died so that you could live, that all your sins can be forgiven. And he rose again bring you into the family of God to deliver you from the power of the devil and sin and, and hell and the grave and all those those things that would try to hold us back. And so all you have to do is you put, repent of your way of life. You turn away from that. You say, God, I'm not going that direction anymore, but I'm going to trust you with my heart. So if that's you, I want you to just slip out. Don't, don't wait on that. If you need to give your life to Jesus, you need to do it. You need to do it. Father, we just, we just thank you for your ministry right now. Holy Spirit, thank you for moving on our hearts. Lord, thank you for healing the pain of rejection in lives. Lord, there's some that are just sitting in their seats, and I know that, and that's okay. Lord, I pray that right now you'd be able to minister to them. Those who have, who have inflicted them with any form of self-rejection, Lord, hating, hating how they look or how, hating you know, something about their personality or who, who, uh, who they are, Father. I pray that you would uh, bring freedom in that right now. Lord, we ask you to forgive us for hating what you have made. Lord, we ask you to, to forgive us for rejecting how you've made us, Lord. Lord, we repent of that, Lord. We choose to believe that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I was created by God in my mother's womb. I am special. I am set apart. I am different. I am unique. I am gifted. Because I was created by God. 
Lord, I pray for those who, of us who have, Lord, been hindered in our relationships, Lord, with those, whether it's our spouse or our children or just our close friends, Father, that you would begin to remove that veil or that, that protective uh, barrier that we put up so that we can be in the relationships that you've called us to be so that we can have healthy, close relationships with those that we need to be close to, those that we need Im- intimacy with. Lord, I pray for that right now. Thank you for forgiveness, Lord, being released. Thank you for trust being released. Thank you for healing being released in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, if you need to go, uh, we're going to dismiss quietly. If you need a fellowship, can you just kind of do that in the foyer just so that we have time to continue to pray and we'll just keep playing the song here for a little bit to have some ministry if you still want prayer um, with ronnie or somebody else come on up here and we'll, we'll pray with you
Songs of grace and songs of worship Are the only anthems that I bring To this place of surrender Where my name is written by my King And to this King I abandon And all this world says I am For through this King I am fastened To His love to his life and to his hands and no